Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. You might be here for the very first time. I like to preach the Word of God and teach the Word of God as if you've never heard it. That's the way I like to preach it, because if this was my only time in church, if, it was, if I were you, I'd want to leave knowing what I need to do with my life. So that's how I'm going to preach to you this morning. So I could have had other titles, and I might throw some subtitles in there, but this is what I want to preach about. What is the world being set up for? Now, right off the bat, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are not of the world. Just in case you didn't know that. If you believe what I just said about the death, burial, and resurrection of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, by the way, that, that guy who came down from heaven and stopped time, that one, the one that stopped time, amen? The reason we're in 2020 is because Jesus came. And so that, that we be, if you believe that, you're not of the world. So this message is for stuff that's coming in the future that if you're a believer, is not for you. Can you tell the person next to you, this isn't for you, if you believe. I want to look at Revelation chapter 13. We're going to be in the book of Revelation quite a bit, but I want to start off with this verse. And it says, this is a futuristic event. It says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him. Now notice there that that him is not capital. Anytime in the Bible it mentions God's deity, it mentions the, the letter in capital letters. All who dwell on the earth will worship him. Somebody's going to be worshipped in the future that is not Jesus Christ. And it says this. This is very key. I'm going to end with a verse that starts with this whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ is the Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. What that means is His death was prophesied and predicted when God created the earth. It was part of the plan. So as you look at that, this is telling us a futuristic event is going to happen where people are going to worship somebody that's not God. But they're going to be fooled and deceived to believe that He is God. And so what is the world being set up for? Is exactly that. And so this is a question I want to ask you, and this really could be the title as well. This is already a subtitle. Here's the question, and you, I want you personally to answer this question by the time this message is over, and it'll be between you and God. Here's the question. Are you a name, or are you a number? Are you a name, or are you a number? I have news for you this morning. Whether you believe me or not, it's God's Word. Every person in here right now is either considered a name in God's eyes, or a number. And if that makes absolutely no sense to you, it's okay, it will by the time this message is over. There's an old song that we used to sing, and if my dad's watching this morning, he'll be singing it with me. If you know it, you can sing it with me. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Oh yes, it's mine. And the white-robed angels sing the story that a sinner has come home. There's a new name, and I'm not really singing, by the way, written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. With my sins forgiven, I am bound for, for heaven, never more to roam. Did you hear the name of the song? Did you read that verse there? Our names, if you're a, a believer in Jesus Christ, are written in a book of life, the Bible says. And here's the thing that people don't understand. You're either a name or a number, because how many have ever heard someone say, we're all God's children? You might have said that. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you are not God's children. You are God's creation. Everybody on earth is God's creation, but not everybody is his child. You become a child of God by this, by being born again. The Bible tells us Jesus met a man named Nicodemus, and he said, What must I do to be saved? He said, you've been born of water, meaning the water broke, when the water broke of your mother's womb, you've been born of water physically into this earth. But he said, for someone to go to heaven, they must be born again, spiritually. And so if a person is not born again, if they don't put their faith in the plan of God through salvation of the cross, they're just 
a number. That's what the Bible tells us. How many want to have your name written down in the Lamb's book of life this morning? Amen? So with that said, going forward in this message, I want to ask the question again. Right now, what is the world being set up for? And I want to go to the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you've got your Bibles, if you don't, you can look on your phone, your tablet. You can look on the screen. The verses will be up there. Quickly, I've done this the last three weeks. I want you to extend your hand. If you're a guest, you don't have to. But if you're from this church, extend your hand towards me and say, Lord, help pastor. Stay focused. Amen. I've been studying God's word for almost 30 years. And I've been an extra student of end times. Ever since I got saved, I was very intrigued. A lot of people are afraid to read Revelation. But how many of you have ever read a book? Let me ask you this. How many like to read in here? You you have books? You like to read? Have you ever read a book and left the last chapter out? That's what a lot of people like to do with the Bible. They like to read everything, but when you get to the book of the Revelation, they're like, eh, that's kind of weird, and they don't like to read it. Well, I fell in love with the book of Revelation. I'm going to admit it's hard to understand until you study it. But the more you read your Bible and the more you understand it, the more it makes sense. And by the way, it is, again, a futuristic book that is, that is going to happen in the future. Most of it, matter of fact, all of it has not happened yet. There are some things that are going on at this moment that could be considered part of Revelation, but it is a futuristic event. But it, let me tell you this, it's not far in the future. And if you'll listen back at some messages from like just preached, it'll, you'll make sense of this. So ever since Jesus went into heaven, the Bible tells us, and we're going to read this here in a second, the Bible tells us that people have been looking for his return. They've been watching for Jesus to come back. Because I want to ask you this question. Maybe you've never heard the gospel, or maybe you have. If Jesus said he died on the cross, he rose from the dead, and he ascended in heaven, lots of people believe that. Matter of fact, lots of people come to church on Easter every year believing that. But why wouldn't we believe that he's coming back too? Why would we believe the first parts but not believe the end? So the Bible says he's coming back. So ever since the gospel was preached, they've been watching and looking. And as a matter of fact, the first churches, this is one of the first churches, the Thessalonicus, they were looking for Jesus' return and they actually thought that they had missed it. Because I've been preaching the last couple weeks that Jesus is going to come back for his church and we're going to go to heaven and we're going to be taken off this earth before all hell breaks loose on this earth. Again, I can't, that's why I asked you to help me stay focused. Because I can start to go off on different things and I got to stay focused. But here's what I'm trying to say. They were looking and one of the things that proves that we're going to go out of here before the tribulation starts is they thought they had missed it. They wondered, had Jesus come and had they been left behind? Now watch what this says, picking this up. Brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us. Just let me remind you, at that time, they didn't have cell phones or internet or video calls or conference calls or TV or anything. So they, you can understand how they could think they might have missed it because they didn't have something telling them what's going on right now on the other side of the world. How many know today by Facebook, Instagram, and all those different things, we can know who's breathing right now? We could be watching a video of somebody breathing. How I many know this kind of, some of that? Stay focused, stay focused, stay focused, stay focused. Let no one deceive you, it says. Okay, let no one deceive you. Here's the key. What is, what is the world being set up for right now? Deception. Deception. It says, let no one deceive you by any means, for that day, the return of Jesus Christ, will not come unless the falling away comes first. What does that mean? That means people are going to fall away from the things of God. And it says, and the, the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. How many have ever heard the word antichrist? Doesn't even matter if you've ever been in church. You've heard the word antichrist. This is talking about the antichrist. Next verse. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship. God created us to worship him. Satan has always hated that. Lucifer was the main worship person in heaven and he wanted to be like God. He always has. 
So he's always wanted to copy or be greater than God. And so he's, this is what this is talking about. How many know that God is a jealous God? There's only one God. And he's, he's alive. He's living. He's real. He's the creator of this world. He's on the throne. And he's real. How many believe there's a God this morning? A, a true living God. One God. Not many. Not hundreds. Not thousands. Over in India, there's millions of them. There's just one God. And this guy is going to come, the Antichrist, and he's going to uh, exp- uh, begin to ask people to worship him. And it says that he sits as God in the temple of God. This is an event that's in the middle of the tribulation, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember that while I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining. The word restraining means holding back. Church, if you think this world's messed up right now, imagine what it will be like when the church is gone. Hello? Have you ever seen a horrible fight or a horrible thing going on, and if somebody didn't break it up, they'd kill each other? The church is the restrainer. It says that he may be revealed. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, and when Jesus takes us home, we're going to be gone, and the church that's holding back, people that are praying right now, not only us over here, but living in Afghanistan and praying, People that are living all around the world. You, you, you see what's going on. Is anybody watching what's going on in Afghanistan? Can you imagine what would be happening if the church wasn't here praying? As bad as that is, the church is here restraining. And the Bible says that that's going to come and it's, it's going to go. That he may be revealed in his own time. Stay with me. Keep reading. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. That's the work of the, Holy, of the Antichrist against God. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's what? Taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed. Now this is important to say. I'm not looking for an antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus. But why are you talking about him then? Because it's in the Bible. And we believe the whole Bible. And we preach the whole Bible. And what I want you to understand here, especially those that are from this church and that I know are believers this morning, I want you to understand that this is a tool for you to tell people about what's going on in the world so they will put their faith in Jesus Christ now. Because God is warning us of events to come. I said this later in my message in the first service, and I thank God for a second service that sometimes you can rethink things. Now I'm not changing, I'm saying it in a different part of the message at this part. Can you imagine if you would have had the chance when 9-11 happened, to the day before, call every person that lived in that building or worked in that building that died, 3,000 people, if you could have been able to tell every single person in that building, tomorrow a plane is going to hit the building, it's going to crash to the ground, and 3,000 people are going to die. Don't go to work. Don't go to the building. Don't do that. Don't do this. Can you imagine what that would have been like if you could have warned those people? How many would have done that if you'd had the chance? Well, guess what? We have the chance now. To warn people about what's coming. There's going to be another thing that's going to be make 9-11 look like a picnic on this earth. And sometimes we go, oh, I don't know about that. Well, did you see 9-11? Well, I don't know about that. Well, did you just see what happened in the last year and a half? Did we ever think the world would shut down? Did we ever think that all these things that we're seeing would happen? No. And so it's going to happen because God said it's going to happen. So we have a chance to help people know. That's why I'm preaching this message because I want everybody in here to tell your neighbors and your friends and your lost loved ones and your, and your enemies, amen, whoever it is that you know that doesn't know Jesus, that Jesus is coming soon. But if you're not ready when he's coming soon, something's coming behind him that you don't want to be here for. Can I get a better Amen. Okay, and then it says, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's the second coming of Christ. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with power and signs and lying wonders. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Satan is a copier. God cannot, Satan cannot create. He copies. So he wants to be everything that God is. And then it says, and with all unrighteousness, watch this, here's the key word. What's coming upon the world? What's the world being set up for? Deception. Among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth. Leave this there for a second. Listen, this is what I'm preaching about. We are here this morning. You have a chance to be a believer. You have a chance to get on Team Jesus. 
You have a chance to say, I'm all in on that man who came down from heaven and changed the world and died for my sins. I'm on that team. You have a chance now. This is a message that is trying to get us to understand that what's coming in tribulation is coming for people who would not receive Jesus. Who rejected Jesus, who rejected the cross, who rejected his plan of salvation. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And that has been the plan of salvation for 2,000 years. And God is saying, accept that, believe that, listen to that. I've got great plans for you, but if you don't, here's what's coming. They did not receive the love of the truth that they might be what? Saved. Well, saved from what? I'm going to show you. And for this reason, pay attention, God, who, who will send? God will send them a strong delusion. Well, that doesn't sound very nice. What kind of God is that? A God who's been loving us for the last 2,000 years and preaching Jesus and telling us that he's coming and telling us to get our lives right and telling us to repent and telling us to get our house in order. That God. That they should believe a strong delusion, that they should believe the lie. What lie? From Satan. That all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Say, I'm still here, Pastor. Did you know that right now there's a thing called an atomic clock? This is not something that church made up. This is a worldwide scientific clock. And what they're doing is they gauge how volatile countries are at war when it comes to nuclear weapons. And they've always had this atomic clock, and they say when this atomic clock hits midnight, there'll be nuclear war. How many believe in nuclear war? I didn't say, do you like it? How many believe in it? You might not see them, but how many of you know they exist? Nuclear weapons exist. There's a few countries that have a lot of them. And so this is going to, the world's saying there's going to be a World War III, there's going to be a nuclear war, and they're saying it's so volatile. And by the way, what just happened in Afghanistan, Afghanistan itself is not the prophetic part. The fact that, we, that the United States pulled out, and now all the other countries in the world see us as weak, is prophetic. Hello? Am I talking to anybody in here? The world power that the United States has been has just saw a, a huge blow. And now China and Russia and Greece and Turkey and Iran are looking and licking their lips. Now we can get Israel. If you don't know what Israel means, go back and listen to the prior messages because I have to stay focused. That atomic clock, they say, not me, scientists say, is at two minutes to midnight. The atomic clock. What are we going to be safe from, Pastor? Did you hear what I just said? The atomic clock is at two minutes to midnight. Some things to consider. I want to read Revelation chapter 13. Watch this. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. This beast here is a second beast. What's called the false prophet. Stay focused. And he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. I believe I know who the false prophet is, but that's a different message. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And watch this. Causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast. Leave this there for just a second. Let me, let me say something again. This morning, if you raised your hands while we were singing, if you praised God, if you clapped, if you loved, if you said, Lord, I love you, if you worshiped, if you came here to church on your own, not because somebody made you, you came out of free will. You're worshiping Jesus right now because you want to. Nobody's making you. Matter of fact, it's the greatest thing in the world about God is he gives us free will. Let's just choose. He says, I've set before you life and death, choose life. So it's a great thing. So today, here we are, and we have choice. In the tribulation, they're going to, to worship the Antichrist but willfully. It will be willfully, but not totally willfully. Because they're going to do it with a motive. Because they're going to need things. Right now, I don't worship God because I need things. I don't love Jesus because of what he gives me outside of salvation. I don't, he's not a genie to me. 
I don't use him as a genie when I need something. He's my savior. He's my master. He's my Lord. He's my king. He's my peace giver. He's my father. He's my best friend. He's my everything. Are you here? That's who Jesus is to me. He, I don't worship out of making somebody, God's not pushing my head down, bow to me. In the tribulation, people will be caused to worship this person. Caused. And it says, whose deadly wound was healed. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because that's another message, but the Antichrist will be killed and then raised from the dead. Does that sound familiar? He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. This is a future event. And he what? Can somebody shout that out with me? Deceives those who dwell on the earth. How many are not going to be dwelling on the earth when the deceiver comes? It's kind of hoping to see everybody's hands. Hello, teenagers. Are you all here? None of the teenagers raised their hand. How many are not going to be dwelling on the earth when this deceiver comes? Remember, I'm not your friend. I'm a messenger. Amen? And this is serious. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs. Wait a minute, just again. Who's those that are dwelling on the earth? Those who have rejected Jesus Christ. Those who would not put their faith in Jesus now. By those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast. Let me know the image makes a lot of sense today. Didn't make much sense 2,000 years ago. Uh, if you, what's an image? You're looking at it. That's an image. It's not a picture or a painting. It's an image. It changes and does things. And matter of fact, it can do all kinds of things. Crazy things. And it says to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be what? So there's going to come a time in the future where if you don't bow to this system, if you don't bow to the Antichrist, you will be killed. And it says as many as would not. So that does mean people will get saved in the tribulation. But here's the difference. Pay attention. Today, if you have a chance to be saved, you put Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. You're doing it willfully on your own. Out of free will. And you're doing it by grace. The Bible says we are saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. In the tribulation, it will not be salvation by grace anymore. It will be salvation by works. You will have to die. Are you reading the Bible with me? He causes, there it is, he causes, causes is cause and effect. You can see someone pushing. It's not willfully. He causes, this is, this is where hopefully some of you are going to start to get on the edge of your seat a little bit. All, both small and great, rich and poor, no matter how much money you have, no matter how much money you don't have, all going to be in the same book, all, all be in the same boat. Free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or their foreheads. A lot of you have seen movies, a lot of you have never maybe been in church, but you've heard these things. And you've heard 6-6, and maybe you've never heard it explained. Well, I'm doing that right now. They're going to have a mark on their right hand or their foreheads. Some people say, why does it have to be the right hand? Well, I'm not trying to be funny at all. Some people don't have left hands. Some people don't have any hands. But everybody has a head. So it says the right hand or the forehead. So there are people, have you ever met anybody that didn't have a head? I haven't. Every person I've ever met has a head. So if you don't have hands, you have a head. So either on your right hand or your forehead, there's going to be a mark. Okay? Keep reading with me. Watch what it says. Is that the verse we read? Is he getting ahead of me? I don't know what I read last. Getting ahead of me. Good job, though. Everybody give Danny a hand. Amen. And that no one, no one... Rich or poor, small or big, slave, no one may buy or sell except the one who has the mark or the name of the beast 
or the number of his name, here's wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for the number of a man is six, six, six. I could go a lot of ways right there with that, but I want to give you a couple things to consider this morning that are happening in our world right now. How many know that we're going towards what's called a cashless society? Every day it's more digital. I'll never forget when I first got saved. It was about right around the time I just got saved and I was studying end times prophecies. And I went to the grocery store and I bought something and they scanned it across a barcode. How many, they're going to make some people old here. With me, I'm included. Okay. How many remember going to the store and buying something and they did this? Let me see your hands. Let's put ourselves on blast here. Okay? You know why they did that? Because they didn't have a UPC system yet. They didn't have a barcode yet. And so people actually had to put numbers. Can you imagine that, teenagers? They had to put numbers. They actually used their fingers and hit the thing. It's called the cash register. It's actually it made a noise and things and the thing went whoop, thing out, and they grabbed cash and change and gave it back to us. After putting numbers in. Can you imagine that? That's crazy. And then that thing came across, and I'll never forget how clear it was in my spirit. The Holy Spirit was like, that right there is in the future. That's, that's, how, that's part of the system. I'll never forget it. Something spoke to my, that's part of the system. And here we are 30 years later, and look where we are. Shut the entire world down last year. We're moving towards a cashless society, and there's a country called China. I'll never forget this. There was a man I met in Costa Rica in the ministry. He's an American. He lives in South Dakota. He's still a friend of mine. He was a self-made millionaire, and I worked for him for a year at the first building of our church. I, he let me work out of the office. I was able to start the church and pastor and sell for him and, 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 and be in business with him. And I learned a lot of business principles and a lot of really good things from him. And I'll never forget him. We were in Costa Rica driving in a microbus, a little bus, down the road. And he said this word that I'll never forget. He said, and I didn't know what it meant at the time, and today it makes total sense. He said, China is a sleeping giant. This was like 20 years ago. I didn't know what he meant, but it stayed in my spirit. That place called China today, whether you like it or not, tell the person next to you real quick, whether you like it or not, owns the world. Whether we like it or not, we, we can get mad all we want, we can be patriots all we want, we can get upset all we want, but facts is facts. China owns the world, they own us. Does anybody in here speak Mandarin? They, someone told me several years ago, you better start learning Mandarin. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that to be mean, it's the truth. China is one, trying to take this world over. And we owe them trillions of dollars. The United States. And so, why am I saying this? Because they just invented what's called the digital one, Y-U-A-N, that's their currency. And they're starting to use it now, and they're going ahead of the game of everybody else to show how we can have digital currency, and they're not using cash. It's not totally, not all of China's using it, but they're using it in a big, broad span. Lots of people are using it. And, and you go, well, that's not that big of a deal. We do that here. I just paid with mobile pay. I just paid with Google pay. I just paid with Apple pay. Exactly. You're in the system. We don't pay anymore with cash. We pay with our cards. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but most of you in here don't even touch cash anymore. So why does this mean? This means that the devil is deceiving and setting the world up for a global domination and getting everybody in one global system so that they can control what's going on. And right now there's a digital one in China that is being used. And listen to this. 80 countries, including the United States, are setting up for what's called the CDBC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. Central bank digital currency. How many remember when the, when the little chip came out that was called RFID? Several years ago now. They would put it right in the right hand or left hand in between the thumb and the index finger, and it looks like a grain of rice. People are, lots of people already have it. Switzerland uses it all the time. And where everything is going towards, we think, is convenience. How convenient is that? That I don't have to carry my wallet. I don't have to worry about losing my wallet. I don't have to worry about anybody stealing anything from me. And so it's the thing of convenience. 
But that's not what it's being set up for. What is the world being set up for? Deception. Control. One world government. One, and listen, I, I feel there's some people in here who don't believe this. I feel that. Whether you believe it or not, it's going to happen. Because it's written in this Bible, and this Bible is a lot older than you. And it's been around a lot longer than you, by the way. So you can doubt it all you want, but let me tell you something. You'll believe when you see it. And you remember me, too. But I hope you remember me in heaven and not here on this earth. Because I hope you listen to this message today and you give your life to Jesus Christ and put your faith in God. Because this is real stuff. One world government, one world economy, one world religion. That's what's coming. Watch this. Put this picture up if you would. And I'm going to make a statement. I'm going to be clear about this. Pastor, what do you think about this? The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. There, it's not the, it, it's, it's a precursor. There's no doubt because it's getting you in the system. It's, it's setting things up. It's not the mark of the beast. We're not going to see the mark of the beast. Well, I'm not. And any believers are not. We're not going to see the mark of the beast because we're going to be gone. We're going to be in heaven. And if you're like, man, I want to see it. Well, go ahead. But I'm leaving. I'm going up to heaven to be with my Lord. That's another old song. Amen. I'm getting nostalgic here this morning. Going up yonder. Anyways, put your hand out again. Stay focused, Pastor. I need help. So I got so much in here right now and so much in here. But what am I trying to say here? This exists. Now they're telling us can't travel without it. New York City is totally 100% controlled. Gyms, restaurants, can't eat to a restaurant, can't go to a gym unless you have the, unless you have the vaccine. So this is leading towards, and look at, the, look at the barcode. All this is, what's the world being set up for? Global domination. One world government, one system, one, one way to pay. Let me show one more picture. Watch this. See that? That's called Amazon Palm Pay. Amazon Palm Pay. That's real. It exists. Is that the mark of the beast? No, but it's going to be used during the time of the mark of the beast. Because once you have that mark and once you have this in your system, once you're part of the Antichrist system, that's how you're going to get through the door. That's how you're going to be able to pay. That's how you're going to be able to live. That's how you're going to be able to get into a doctor's office. That's how you're going to get treated. Do you have, do you have the, the, the chip? Do you have the mark? Do you have the, whatever they call it, doesn't matter whatever they call it. It's going to be something. It's going to be in the system. And if you don't have it, you're not going to eat. Another thing the Lord showed me a bunch of years ago, how many have driven around lately and seen or paid attention to how many urgent care places there are? Has anybody else seen that? Care now, urgent care, 24 hour. They're everywhere. And I remember, this is another thing the Holy Spirit, I'm driving I see one, Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, that's futuristic, that's going to be part of the problem because hospitals are not going to hold the people. Are you hearing me? Don't we have that problem right now? I said this a couple weeks ago, I just want to say this again. I'm not saying this to be fearful. Church, we don't have to be fearful because we have God on our side. But this COVID thing's not over. It's not over. There, this, one, this world system has not gained this much ground to give it up. They're just giving us a little breath to think it's over. Now watch this. How many are still here, by the way? I just got to make sure I got a couple people to preach to. Watch this. 666, the mark. I want to I show you something. In the Greek, how many know that the book of Revelation was not written in English? It was written in Greek. And the word Greek, the Greek word for mark is karagma. And I want you to listen to what the Greek word says. Because some people think that possibly it's not necessarily something visible. Like maybe that chip could be inside your hand or it could be in a different place or, or you're not going to see it. And, and that's possible. But here's what the Bible says in Greek for karagma, which is the word mark. A stamp or an imprinted mark. That's what the Greek word mark means. And then it says, the mark branded upon horses. Can you imagine if in the future we're just going to be a bunch of branded people? 
Is anybody paying attention to what I'm saying and listening to the first question I asked you this morning? Are you a name or are you a number? Those, those horses get brands on them. And they're visible brands so that they can tell the horses apart. So they know which horses are theirs and which horses aren't. And then it says things, a thing carved, a sculpture, a graven work. So here's something important. I really feel this is important because futuristic, again, we're not going to be here, but you can tell people about this to, to avoid it, to not take it, to not be part of it. Here's why I can prove it's a literal physical mark. Look at Revelation chapter 16, verse 1. I heard a loud voice from the temple saying, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. What do we say from, Pastor? The wrath of God. So when the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, a foul and loathsome sower came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his image. That means that whether you have it here or here, during the tribulation, not only are you going to damn your soul to hell and go to hell eventually, you're going to have to stink, stink and smell and be sick from this thing you took in your body until the tribulation ends, until you do die. This is going to be a time, church, the Bible says, that has never been before and will never be again. It is a seven-year period. It's a short period, but I'm going to know that seven years is going to be real long for the people on this earth. Did you read that with me? A loathsome sower came upon. So there's a sower, a stinky, nasty sower. Some people, for example, if, they, if you thought about the chip, have said that the lithium inside it could explode or whatever, and it would make them sick. And, but whatever it is, I'm not trying to be detailed about what it is. It's going to be a sower. And everybody's going to know who has it because they're going to stink. But here's the thing I want you to realize. We don't have to be here for this. And I don't exactly know what it's going to smell like or what it's going to look like. But how many of you have ever stayed in a hotel room and worried about who was going to stay after you? Have you ever cared who was going to come sleep in the bed after you in a hotel room? Or if they were going to get good breakfast? When we get out of here, I don't really care about how those things happen because I'm not going to be here. But I'm telling you this to warn your friends, to warn your families, to warn your neighbors that this time is coming and it's real and it's biblical and it's prophetic. Go and listen to my other messages. You'll see how powerful this Bible is, how long it's been around. In closing, Revelation 16, watch this, verse 8. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl and the sun and power was given to scorch men with fire, and men were scorched with great heat. Can you imagine more heat than we have? You know, we just had, I mentioned that in the last message, the, the hottest summer in the history of the world. Last, this, this summer. We were blessed with favor here in Texas. Hasn't been that bad. And they blasphemed the name of God who had power over these plagues. This is important. They blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues. I, I just have to get you to understand. People, I know in your mind you're going, well, if God loves us, why would he bring wrath on the world? And if God loves us, why would he do it? Listen, for 2,000 years, in case you haven't got this, the 10 times I've said it, for 2,000 years, Jesus has been preached. Good news. Repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. For 2,000 years, it's been preached and preached and preached. I sent my son. I love the whole world. You can be saved. You can be saved. And the world has rejected him over and over and over again. So it's not like he's just all of a sudden doing this. And it even says, even there, that, the, that they're blaspheming the God who had power over them. Meaning they could say, God, you know what? This, this, I almost... This sucks. This is horrible. God, I am sorry. This thing, no, well, actually, never mind, that's, that's not even doctrinally true. I got ahead of myself. You can't say this thing because take it's too late. But this, this tribulation is horrible. Please change me. But they, he knows they're not going to. It says they didn't repent and they wouldn't give him glory. It's a futuristic event. Now watch this. If you take this, this is important, you'll be damned. That verse goes on in verse 10 to say this. The fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. 
They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they did not repent of their deeds. Last verse, Revelation 14, verse 9. Watch this. Then a third angel followed them and said with a loud voice, this is why the mark of the beast is so serious. And I have, a, I have something to make, make you clear on. People go, have I taken the mark? Just the fact that you're asking means you haven't. It's like when people ask, have I blasphemed the Holy Spirit? If you're asking if you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit, you haven't. That's proof that you haven't done it. Because you'll know. Because when people take the mark of the beast, they're going to willfully be part of a system. And they're going to say, I choose to eat and drink and live over saying no to the Antichrist. We get the chance to do that now while we're alive. But in the tribulation, they're going to have to do it to prove. Now watch this. Finish with me. It says, the wrath of God is going to come down and be poured out full strength in the cup of his indignation. And they shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And their smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image. And whoever receives the mark of his name, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. How many of you are here this morning who keep the faith of God and the commandments of God? Revelation 20. Sorry, I have that last one. I have one more. Here's the only way you're going to be saved in the tribulation. This is what you have to try to pass on to your families, to your neighbors. If you need help and you happen to be here, I give you permission to go break into my office. I have hundreds of messages. You can go read them. They're on paper. That's why I'm afraid to use a tablet. Because once, once the tribulation starts, there's going to be no www.vwo.texas.org, Podbean. It's going to be www.antichrist.org. One world government. One world system. You're not going to be able to get online and do anything. So watch this. The third angel, sorry, verse 20, chapter, chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was committed, committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, and had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. There will be people saved in the tribulation, but they will have to be beheaded. They will have to lose their lives. Do you, can you think of anybody in this world that does that? Does any, any, any group of people, I don't even want to call it a religion, does any group of people come to mind? They already do it. They're going to push it. They're going to be part of. There's, there's one group of, 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 of religious people who are going to unite the world. That's another message. And there's one group of religious people who are going to enforce it. And they're the two biggest religions in the world right now. One's going to unite. One's going to enforce. But you don't have to be here for that. Last question. Are you a name? Or are you a number? Only you can answer that. Luke chapter 10 says this, verse 20. Jesus tells these disciples to go out and preach and cast out demons and lay their hands on the sick and tell them Jesus is Lord and I'm, I'm alive and I'm living. He gives this message and they go and they preach. They cast out demons and they lay their hands on the sick and they come back and they go, Jesus, Jesus, we, we cast out demons in your name. And we laid our hands on the sick and they recovered. And they're all excited and Jesus says, that's great. But nevertheless, do not rejoice in that, that. That the spirits are subject to you. Rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. How do you get your name written in heaven? Put your faith in Jesus Christ this morning. Would you bow your heads this morning? Would you close your eyes in reverence to the Lord? The Holy Spirit's here. He's speaking to you right now. He's working on your heart right now. He's dealing with you right now. How many in this place do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I promise you 
This day will save your life, change your life, transform your life if you'll just let God touch your heart. The book of Revelation also says earlier in the book, it says that Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart right now. He's saying, let me in. Give me ownership. Give me lordship. I'm a good God. I'm a, I'm a loving God. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I came down from heaven to die for you while you were a sinner. My grace is sufficient for you. I've overcome the world. Be of good cheer. He says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. But how many in this place right now, if the trumpet sounded of the rapture of the church, or if you were in the tribulation and you had to face the Antichrist, and you had to face this decision, you're not saved. You don't know Jesus Christ today as your Lord and Savior. You can know Him now, and you can be sure today that you won't have to face that tribulation that's coming upon this world because the Bible says that His wrath will not be poured out on His people. How many in this place could say, Pastor, right now I'm gonna, I want you to pray for me because I'm not saved. I want you just to lift your hand up and put it right back down all across this place. I see your hand. How many more? I'm not saved. I see your hand. How many more? All over this place. I'm not asking you to join the church. I'm asking you, are you saved? I'm asking you, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and took your place? The Bible says you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. The wages of our sin is death. We need a Savior. And Jesus made a way. He came down and took our place. He said, I'll die for you. Even though you don't deserve it, I'll die for you. And he died for all those people who are going to blaspheme him. He died for all those people who, who, who are going to curse him, who just stick their fist up at him. He died for them too. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, he died for the ungodly. That's you and me. Do you know him this morning? Are you a name or are you a number? Is your name in that book? If it's not today, you'd be smart to say, Jesus... I want to give you my life right now. How many would just lift up their hands and say, that's me. Pray for me, Pastor. I want to be saved. All across this place. Honest hearts. Yes, I see your hand. Amen. I see your hand. Maybe, maybe you're here and you know the gospel message. You, maybe when you were 10 or 15 or 8 or 20, you said a prayer, but today you're not living for the Lord. You've been caught up by this world. You've gotten caught up in things in your life that you shouldn't be involved in. And you're doing things that you never thought you'd do. And today, you need to come back to your first love. How many would say, that's me? Would you pray for me this morning? Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. I see your hands. I see your hands. Amen. Let's stand this morning. And we would. We're done. We're going to pray. But this is the most important part of the service. Don't walk out of this place without putting your faith in Jesus, please. It's not for me, it's for you. Every single one of us are gonna stand before God by ourselves. No one else is gonna be around. And God is gonna look to his son and he's gonna say, son, is their name in the book? And he's gonna look. And if it's a number, it's not gonna be in the book. And God will say, I don't, I don't know you. Depart from me doer of iniquity but you don't have to be in that position you can put your faith today now in Jesus while the grace of God is still on this earth I can't ever and won't ever be able to even put in my words how horrible the time of coming is coming I can't even explain it he tries to put it in the, in the Bible but I can't why would you want to go into that why would you not put your faith in Jesus today I have to trust that if you're here and you know him, you're going to keep living for him. And if you don't, you're going to give your life to him today. As we pray, I want to open up the, the altars for a moment to make a bold statement. I made this 29 years ago. I want you to put your faith in Jesus. If you've never said, Jesus, I want this whole world to know I'm a, I'm a believer. I want, to, I want to make a public confession of my faith. Maybe you raised your hand, maybe you didn't. But maybe you've never made a public confession of your faith.
I want to give you the opportunity this morning. If you already want to come, you can start now. If you raised your hand, you can start now. But I want to, I want to talk to every single person in this place. I want to ask you, have you made a public confession of your faith? What does that mean? The Bible says that when we stand before God, He will say, Jesus will say this, If you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my Father that's in heaven. But if you will confess me before man, I'll confess you before my Father that's in heaven. That's why we believe in a public confession of our faith. If you're too ashamed or scared to stand in front of church people in a church, how are you ever going to stand for Jesus outside of these four walls? So I'm going to give the opportunity. That it's open right now. You raised your hand already or you've never made that public confession. I want you to come. Come on, all across this place. How many more? You've never made a public confession of your faith. God sees your heart. Amen. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. Someone's going to come up and stand behind you as you pray. We're just going to support you. We're going to be behind you. You know someone's praying. Just begin to talk to God. Amen. He knows your heart. He knows where you're from. I, I believe there's some more. I want to wait just a few moments. How many more? This isn't for me. It's for you. I'm, I'm, I know you've said the prayer, but have you made a public confession? Have you said, I don't care what the world thinks about me. I care what Jesus thinks about me. I want the whole world to know I believe in Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. Amen? Powerful, powerful, powerful. This, this is just for, to help you. Amen? I know you're a believer. But you may have never done this public confession of your faith, amen, with that great smile on your face, amen. I want the whole world to know. Give me a microphone in Texas Stadium. I'll tell them, Jesus is Lord. Amen. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna confess him now or you're going to confess him later. I choose now. The Bible says every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We're going to pray real quick before we go offline for anybody maybe watching online, listening on the podcast that doesn't know the Lord. You repeat this with us. Everybody in here is going to repeat this with us. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your love. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to come down from heaven and live a perfect life and die on the cross to pay for my sins a horrible death sacrificially taking my place I believe that Jesus I put my faith in you I declare this morning you are Lord Master Savior and King please wash me clean with your precious blood I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. Please, Lord, write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God.